There's something I want to release this morning, okay, and pray for you guys. And I want you to go with me to Ezekiel. Say Ezekiel. This is one of those words that I, I stumbled across, although I don't know if you stumble across it because, you know, his, his word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And, uh, and it's, this word is to keep us from stumbling, especially in this hour. You don't want to be one that stumbles. And if you look that word up where Jesus spoke that in John 16, it means to be offended or to fall away or to fall into sin. You know, this is the hour you don't want to fall into sin. You don't want to fall away. You don't want to become offended. I know people that get offended over the silliest things. And they hold their offense. This is not the time to do that. But then over in Ezekiel, there's a scripture, verse 28 of chapter 1. And uh, so Ezekiel has this incredible revelation of the Lord. His eyes are open. And he sees the Lord in, in an incredible manner. And then in verse 28... This is what he's describing. He says, it's like the appearance of a rainbow and a cloud on a rainy day. So was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Now, I wrote a book. It's, what, 12 years ago, The Times to Come Have Come. And on the back of that book, it says that we've entered the times that have been foretold, foreseen, but many have feared. And I didn't realize what I was writing because 12 years later, it really, we've entered a time. Now, how do you overcome fear? Faith. How does faith come? Through the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. So we must be rooted and grounded in the Scripture. And this just really popped out to me in just my, my reading of the Scripture where there was a rainy day. It was a cloudy and a rainy day. Now, clouds and rain, they speak of storms. You know, Jesus, he didn't say when, oh, he didn't say if. He said when storms, when the rain, when the winds, when the floods. And the only one that's going to stand is the one that has his house built upon the rock, right? When the winds come. And that the rock is a revelation of him, but it's obedience to the word of God. And we understand that. But what else is noticed in verse 28 other than the cloud and the rainy day? Rainbow. What does rainbow speak of? The promises of God. It reminds us of the promise and covenant. God is a covenant-keeping God. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Now, what was Ezekiel's specific storm that he was facing? Because we're going to face storms in this hour. And we're going to be those who survive the storms. Did you hear what I said? Amen. We're going to be overcomers in this life. That's my commission. Revelation is to him who overcomes. And so we're to raise up overcomers. That means you don't back off of the issues of the hour. You run straight into the burning building with the hope, which is the gospel. 
and the name and the blood and the word and all the things that we have in Christ. But anyway, what was Ezekiel's particular storm that he was facing? Anybody want to take a guess? Captivity. How do you know that? Verse 1, that came to pass in the 13th year, in the fourth month, fifth day, as I was among the captives by the river Shebar. So he was in captivity. So what can you and I expect to happen during the storms that you and I are going to face in the coming days? How many of you are in a storm right now? Anybody? Not everybody. Some you are. Hang on. (laughs) The storms will come. I'm sorry to tell you that, but Jesus already told you that. So what can we expect when storms come, regardless of what they are? Well, look at this. This is what I saw. Then we're going to receive the offering. Then Andrew's going to come and minister. And uh, I think God will give him, I think it's just going to be a powerful time. My heart was knit to him a long time ago. He did a workshop over Italia's on words of knowledge and words of wisdom, power evangelism. And it was a powerful time. So anyway, what happened? First of all, the heavens, verse 1, the heavens were open. Say the heavens were open. And as long as I've been here, I've heard that Bob Jones spoke that Moravian Falls is like one of two places on the earth where there is an open heaven to the degree that there is, that there's a lot of spiritual activity. And, and I can, hey, everybody in this room can tell you there's a lot of spiritual activity around this place. You know, and uh, so, you know, we, we would say yes and amen. But we believe there is an open heaven. Remember Jesus at his bapti- baptism, the heavens were open, the Spirit descended like a dove upon him. But he heard a voice, and the voice said what? This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. So, if and there is an open heaven, and we believe there is over all of us in Christ Jesus that only confirms that you and I have a great opportunity to bring him pleasure. We get to bring the Lord great pleasure. And we get to see great prayers answered. I'm so thankful for our Moravian lampstand. These guys meet every day for prayer. And some of you are part of that. Others need to get engaged. Friday, I wasn't Well, anyway, I did something stupid this week. I was just climbing up on a brick wall trying to water my plants, and I fell off the brick wall and scratched my arm, so I came up to meet somebody who was going to help me and help me get bandaged. (laughs) Anyway, it's just one of these crazy things. But uh, So I'm just walking by the door. I didn't attend the prayer because my arm was hurting. I'm glad it was still hanging on. You know, I used to jump over brick walls, I could jump over buildings at the speed of light. You know, I could swing through trees. I I don't know, something happened. I can't do some of that stuff. But in my mind, I can. I'm going to keep doing it until I can. You know, I ain't slowing down here. Our youth is renewed like the eagles. So anyway, but I'm walking by the door, and they had a group of Koreans in here, and they're praying. They are not praying patty cake prayers. You know what I mean? They're praying declaring, decreeing the word of the Lord. And I was greatly encouraged. I said, God, if this is happening every day at the Moravian lampstand, we're going to have a great effect on what happens. And I remember when Jack Taylor came through one of his last times, he said, what happens here will happen in America. You remember that? And I took that serious, and we want to shake this nation. 
in our prayers. Let's believe that. Let's believe we can shake the nation. And then the next thing is that he saw a vision of God. This wasn't a dream. In the Hebrew, it's a vivid encounter. And that's what we want. That's the vision behind Carolina Fire on Friday nights. Etienne Bloom from South Africa, our friend, told us Friday night is to be about encounter. And that's why we, we still do the baptisms. We want people to encounter the Lord, have a face-to-face encounter. Remember when there were those who went, there were certain Greeks, they went to the feast and they went up to Philip and they said, Philip, we wish to see Jesus. You remember that? We want to see Jesus. Now, I know many people come to um, Moravian Falls because they want to see angels. Well, you can have at it, but my prayer is that we see Jesus. You remember the, re- the angel in Revelation? Maybe that's why we get to have some of these encounters, because remember, they were trying to worship the angel. The angel said, don't do that. Don't do that. Now, if an angel says, don't do that, don't do that. Worship God. And so it's going to be, that's it. And then the next thing, this is what I saw. This encounter happened on on the fifth day of the fifth month of this captivity. In other words, remember, was it Zerubbabel? Was this shout? Shouts of grace, grace. Five is the number of grace. And so this is the hour. Remember, we shared a few weeks ago out of Jeremiah. He said, though our iniquities testify against us. And they do. They testify against us and our nation. But I'm still believing. I know that grace has been perverted. There's been a watered-down version, you know, hyper-grace. But it doesn't nullify the fact that where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And we want to shout grace, grace to our nation this hour and believe that God. You know, grace is not an excuse or a license to sin. It's power to overcome and to walk as an overcomer. And anyway, and then the next thing, the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel there in the midst of the captivity. And I was thinking about that. The scripture came to my mind. Remember Amos 11 or 8.11. It says, the days are coming when there will be a famine on the land, a famine of the hearing of the words of the Lord. Now, you have to be honest For some in America, there's been a famine, and that famine is still existing. The reason is because they've said we don't want to hear what God has to say. They've shunned the word of the Lord. To many, the word of God has become as void. They don't want to hear, don't want to be reminded. And they'll put you out if you try to remind them. But for you and me, there will not be a famine. And that's what I see in this captivity. The word of the Lord came to him expressly. The priests, we're a kingdom of priests. I'm telling you, God is not going to go silent in this hour. You're going to hear his voice clearer than you ever have in your entire life. Just say, my sheep hear my voice. You're going to hear his voice. God may have to knock you out and speak in a dream I don't know how he's going to, but I'm telling you, God's going to, his voice is going to be heard in this hour, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the intensity of the storms. We may be like the, those who said, uh, we will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds 
out of the mouth of God. And then the next thing. See, I'm going really quickly. The word of the Lord came, and then it said, the hand of the Lord was upon him there. And the hand of the Lord means what? Means the strength. Remember the strong arm, the hand of the Lord. It also means power, that the power of God is available. It means direction. If the hand of God is on somebody, that means the Lord is directing. You think he's going to put his hand on you without redirecting your course? No, he's going to be directing your ways as you yield to him. Now, if you're in rebellion, it's going to be hard, but, but the Lord will direct the course of the saints, you know, as he, they yield to him in obedience. We're led by the Spirit. But then it also means the hand of control. In other words, in the storms that, that are coming, again, don't, don't get upset with me. Jesus said they were coming. He just said how to survive, how to stand firm when the winds and all this. But in the midst of the storms, regardless of what they are, God will never lose control. Because I hear people say, God is in control. Now, there's a part of me that thinks, yeah, but those people are in rebellion. How can he be in? And you know, and so you think about all these things. But as long as you're in submissive, I'm telling you, God is in control and he will not fail. His word will not fail. Everything else could fall to the side. God's word will remain true. It's his promise, his rainbow. And then the next thing, Ezekiel saw supernaturally in the spirit. You know, we could read all of that, but if I was walking around and I saw a wheel inside of a wheel, you know, and I saw, man, all this stuff that's happening, I would... This is amazing, supernatural stuff. Well, he didn't see that with these eyes. He saw that with the eyes of the Spirit, these living creatures and this awesome crystal and all these things. In other words, the spiritual realm was more real than the natural. Do you hear me? So I, this is what I'm going to pray in just a few moments because i got one more point to wrap it up. But look over in Second Kings, and then we'll go back there. Second Kings, you know this story. And we're going to pray for you guys online too. And because uh, you're going to need what happened in this story right here. And in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8, the king of Syria was making war against America. I mean Israel. How many of you know we're in a war? Biological, you know, psychological. Oh, man. In every way possible. Anyway, you can read about that if you want. But therefore, look in verse 14. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. If I understand correctly, if I have any discernment, I would say we're pretty well surrounded. I mean, we're surrounded. Sometimes you have to just confess where you are so God can come and show you how big he is. And then it goes on, verse 15, And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said, Alas, my master, what are we going to do? Now you could fill in the gap. Many people, what? God, what, what's this? We're surrounded. What are we going to do? Is there any hope? And then he said, he answered, Do not what? Fear. What drives off fear? Faith. What gives you faith? The word of the Lord. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. 
And Elijah prayed, remember, God, open his, open his eyes. And his opened his eyes, and what did he see? He saw the host, the armies of God, and there were way more for him than there were against him. I'm going to pray that in a minute. You guys, hey, listen, God's got to, we in this hour, if he means what he says in his word, and he's no respecter of persons, and whatever was written beforehand was written for our example on whom the ends of the ages have come, we need our God to open our eyes in this hour. And our God will. And we're going to see what others can't see. And when they're panicking, we're going to say, yeah, but you can't see what I can see. If you could see what I could see, you would be mostly encouraged. So it's not a human strategy. What are we going to do? They're asking. It's not a, all of these things. It's opening our eyes to see what the strategy of heaven is all about. And then there was a voice of an army. Look in verse 24, back in that scripture, back over in Ezekiel. 24, when they went, I heard the noise of their wings like the noise of many waters, like the voice of the Almighty, a turmoil, like the noise of an army. Now, I told you about that book I'm reading. I'm like, I won't go into detail today. The guy that wrote that book is dead. He just died. He and his wife, because he knew too much. Anyway, and uh, so I, I believe I'm, I'm reading this book, and it's like I'm seeing it come to pass. He wrote the book the same time I did 12 years ago. So, you know, it really speaks to me. And I know, we'll, we'll talk about this on a later day. I know that Satan has been preparing his armies. I know they're soldiers of the Antichrist. They are chomping at the bits. It's like they're a horse in the gate, and they just, man, they're ready to romp. There's a little restraint. There's been a little bit of a release. Now you know, is this the day that great is his wrath, his short time? All of that will become known, and uh, we're going to have to talk about that because the church has a lot to say about how restrained they are. You know, there's something about the the church is going to demonstrate to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places the manifold wisdom of our God. Well, when are we going to do that? When we get to heaven? No, now. There's going to be no need to do that when we get to heaven. They'll already be convinced. So we're going to convince them now. But anyway, there's a whole lot to that story. So anyway, we are going to have to get into some of that in the days, months, weeks, to whatever to come. But whatever army they think they're raising up, can I tell you, there's an army that right now that's being rallied in the heavens, and there's an army being raised up on the earth, and the army in heaven is going to somehow cooperate with the army on the earth, and we're going to kick butt, we're going to take names and kick butt. We're not taking no for an answer. There is no plan B in this hour. Our God reigns. Jesus is not going to be Lord. He's not going to be. He is Lord of all. He's the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. Now, we're supposed to shout that with a little unk because somebody said there's supposed to be a portal about the Lord of hosts and all. And I don't want to talk a lot about that because I don't want to mess it up. You know what I mean? I just want to walk it out. And then one day somebody write a book say, you know, those saints in Moravian Falls... Man, God was with them. 
That's all that matters. That Jesus receives the reward of his suffering. That's it. We want him to be famous. We used to tell people, and that's why we have a lot of speakers. We don't want people necessarily to know. We don't care if they know who the pastor is or not. I've had people actually ask, who's the pastor there? They looked up, they said, who's the pastor? Do you know? I said, yeah. I just remember when I first took over this way back in Wilkesboro, the Lord said, do you want a pastor or do you want me? I said, Lord, you. It sounds like a good plan. But I don't think he's forgotten. And so I'm not going to forget either. But there's an army arising. Say, I'm a part of the army. And we have to have that no plan B mentality. If you have a plan B mentality, that means there's, there's room in, of doubt and unbelief, you know what I mean? Let not that man believe he'll receive anything from the Lord. Is that what James says? So we're to have faith. And then, I guess it's, yeah, the last thing. Notice what he saw again on this rainy and cloudy day in verse 28. Like the appearance of a rainbow and a cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. Now look at this. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Wouldn't it be just like God at the time where darkness is covering the earth and gross darkness the people? And many people think the darkness is one. That right at that time, God fulfilled Isaiah 60. And the glory of the Lord covered the people, filled the house of the Lord, and was known all over the earth just like the water covers the sea. I mean, wouldn't that be incredible? What if that's in the plan? In fact, if I understand this right, it is the plan that the glory of the Lord, at the very time of the storms, the rain, clouds, the cockiness of the devil, I can see it's almost like these demons think, man, they are bold in this hour. They think, man, we Gotcha. Well, they thought they had Jesus too. The story's not over. Regardless, the story's not over. I, I don't care. He, if I'd have hit my head on that concrete wall rather than just my arm, the story still wouldn't have been over. Mine would have continued well on. They just would have had another speaker here today. It would have been all right. You know. Maybe we'll wake up. That's what Shirley and I say all the time. Maybe we're going to wake up. And none of this stuff's happening. No, that's not God's plan. No, it is God's plan to wake up. But not wish that it go away. Do something about it. Be the people of God, right? So that's my prayer. And we're going to receive the offering, and we always receive it around the altar. But I'm going to pray over you guys, and and myself too, because I only see probably, oh, you know what I mean? I want to see way... I want to see more. How many of you want to see more? Lord, we want to see all that you want to show us. You know, he said, ask. You have not because you ask not. He does abundantly, exceedingly above all that we could ever ask or even think. So think right now, man, I'm going to see things like Ezekiel saw. And you're going to see beyond what Ezekiel saw. 
So, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for letting this word just pop out to me, Lord. I just so appreciate your word. Lord, I know there's storms coming, rainy, cloudy days. But I thank you, Lord, that you've called us to set the course in the storm where others can follow and to point others to the way, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, Lord, that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are, our faith is set in stone. We believe that we're the loved of God and the love of God will endure and persevere. Lord, we thank you. You've called us to this hour. And Lord, we ask you, just as Elijah prayed for his servant, I'm asking you now, Lord, to open the eyes of your servants in this room and those that are watching by web stream. Lord, open our eyes that we could see that there are far more with us than are against us. And greater is he who is in us than he that's in this world. And Lord, I thank you by faith. I believe you're going to do that. Lord, all of us, you said we have not because we ask not, which means if we ask, we have. Let it be according to your faith. So I thank you. We will see everything you have purposed for us to see. And we give you glory, Lord. We're blind unless you give us sight. But you're the God that gives us ears to hear and eyes to see. So I thank you for that. Lord, do that for the people. Do that for me, my wife, my family, my daughter, my son, our sons. Lord, we just believe. So thank you for victories upon victory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So good to be with you all this morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Andrew Chalmers, and uh, my wife Ellen, she is in the back, and our kids are in the child care. And uh, we came to the Moravian Love Feast earlier today, and that was just so awesome. Um, I have been here a couple of times in the, in the past two years. Uh, as Pastor David mentioned, we did a Take the City event here in Wilkesboro. Was anyone here who was here this morning, was, uh, were any of you guys there a part of the outreach that we did a couple? Okay, yeah, I, re I recognize you. Um, great. Well, we lead a ministry based in uh, Columbus, Georgia called Take the City, and we are passionate about partnering with local churches uh, to see cities transformed with the, uh, just the power of God on display and people encountering Jesus and, and hearing testimonies. And so uh, we just have the privilege of leading that ministry there. In Columbus, we have a coffee shop and a ministry uh, that ministers to inner city communities and also to women that are in sex trafficking. And uh, one of the reasons that I'm here uh, is I texted Pastor David and said, hey, I'm going to be in the area and would love to see you. And um, anyways, he, he invited me to come up and share here at the end of the service. And I'm just so thankful and privileged to be able to be with you guys. Um, the reason that we're in the area is I'm actually traveling uh, to teen challenge centers across America and even internationally. And my family were on a tour and what I'm doing is the Lord spoke to me this summer uh, to not forget where I came from and what he did in my life and um, really was resonating that in my heart. You know, guys, it's so easy in Christ many times to forget what Jesus saved us from. And man, that's when a religious spirit creeps right in. That's when 
pride comes right in right when we forget what he saved us from and that's why it's so important we stay plugged into the local body that's why we we're connected to other believers and we stay focused on the cross and the resurrection of the blood of jesus why because we need to remember that we needed a savior amen and um he spoke to me this summer and and uh was really he he's you know for me i'm a visionary leader I live mostly five to 10 years from now and I see in the future and I just, I, the Lord has shown me incredible things that he wants to do through our ministry and through our family. And I kind of live there. How many of you guys are visionary? You, you kind of live in the, in the future. Well, this year, the Lord just put a stop to that. And, and really for the past 10 or 11 months, um, he, he just hasn't, he really hasn't said too much about our future. And he said, actually, I want you to start to look back and I want, I want to begin to allow you to be grateful for what I have done. And I've been reflecting on all of that. And uh, a month or two ago, the Lord spoke to me and he said, I want you to go to Teen Challenge Centers uh, across America and I want you to give away your book uh, to 1,200 students in America by the end of the year and to sow a seed in their life and just to share with them your story of how God has, has transformed uh, your life. And um, I, I sort of debated it. My wife and I were right now in limbo. The Lord spoke to us in January actually to move our family to Israel. And we, uh, ha I sold my truck, we moved people into our house. We, in June, packed up everything and we're preparing to go to Israel for an extended period of time. And we're still here uh, because the doors to Israel are still closed. And so we've just been in this weird limbo season. And uh, about a month or two ago, the Lord spoke to me and, and, and told me, you know, hey, I want you to go to Teen Challenge Centers across America. And then uh, on a Sunday night, I decided that I was going to do it. And on Monday morning, the president and CEO of Teen Challenge USA randomly, just out of the heavens, spoken to him, I think in a year, he just emails me and says, I want to have a meeting with you. And I knew it was just a confirmation from the Lord just saying, um, you're going in the right direction, Andrew, even though you feel like you have no idea what you're doing in your life right now because you're just in limbo, uh, I'm leading you. And so anyways, we, we spoke at a Teen Challenge on Friday night in Chattanooga. We're here to speak at a Teen Challenge about 40 minutes from here, and then uh, tomorrow we'll, we'll travel to another Teen Challenge. And uh, the book that I wrote has a little bit of my story in it. It's called Discovering the Joy of Representing Jesus in Everyday Life. And, um, but also it has a lot of uh, what we use to train and equip people to share the gospel with others. And so there's a lot of uh, just uh, testimonies and stories that I put in here. And uh, we've been giving it out to students because I believe that God is raising up an end time army right now. And he's pulling out this next generation out of the fires of addiction and depravity and immorality. And he actually, I feel like the Lord has been saying even over the past 10 or 20 years that the spear, uh, the tip of the spear of the end time army will actually be former drug addicts, prostitutes, convicts, uh, just the most hopeless situations are actually going to be at the tip of the spear, breaking new ground and releasing the kingdom. How many of you guys believe that, that God's going to take uh, just those that are the most broken and use them? And, um, and so we just, we're sowing that seed all over America. And if you guys would, you could just mark us down, pray for Andrew and Ellen and pray, pray for our family over these coming weeks as we're doing that. And, you know, in 2009, uh, at, the, at this time of year, it was November of 2009, I was actually homeless in Atlanta. I was addicted to heroin and crack cocaine. And um, I had grown up with a, a, a great family. My parents both loved Jesus. My dad came to the Lord when he was uh, a, as a child and my mom grew up in the church. And 
they raised me up that way, but by the time I was about 12 or 13, I was introduced to drugs and alcohol. 15 became addicted to drugs, and at 18 started using heroin, and between 18 and 21, basically burnt every bridge, ruined everything I could possibly ruin for the sake of pursuing what, you know, what I was addicted to. And, um, and I, I remember just being in this place where it was like I was in a dark tunnel, but there was no light at the end. And I was just trudging forward, and I just felt like there was, there was no hope that nothing was ever going to change. And even my family felt that way too. And uh, my mom actually wrote a, a book called, uh, called um, No One Visits the Mother of a Drug Addict. And she talks about the isolation she faced as a mom uh, where you know, she saw a lot in the church when someone was dealing with an illness or whatever, you know, everybody would love on them and help them. But when people have family members that are dealing with mental illness and addiction, it can feel really isolating in the church because it's a very shameful thing to talk about. And she talks about that and processes that. And, and honestly, I gave up on things ever changing. And I, I think my parents even, in a sense, gave up uh, that, that things would ever change. And you know, it was actually when I think we all really gave up is when the Lord actually broke in and started to, to do the miracle. And one of the things that, you know, my mom talks about is how, you know, she had to put me in the basket. How many of you guys know the story of Moses and he had to be put in the basket? But it, it was the basket of letting go that was actually the, the very vessel that led him to his, his, his destiny into Pharaoh's home and open doors eventually to lead the people of Israel, a whole nation, uh, right out of bondage. The basket was the very thing that, that got him there. And she talks about having to finally let go of trying to control and fix it and putting me in that basket and how that was, that's when the breakthrough came for me. But anyways, the Lord spoke to me in a drug house in November of 2009 and said that I, I had to get out. He spoke to me three times early in the morning. I felt the fear of the Lord. I, I was terrified. I was hearing a voice and I called my dad. He came to find me. By the time he came to find me, I changed my mind. I was hiding behind an abandoned building, getting high on drugs. And uh, he, came, he came and actually found me eventually. And when he found me, I threatened my dad. I told my dad I would kill him if he took my drugs from me. And I was serious. I was just so possessed and controlled uh, by what was going on in my life. And uh, my dad just watched me finish everything I had. And then he just put out his hands um, just on behalf of our Heavenly Father and just said, son, come with me. You know, and I got in the car with my dad. He drove me to Cleveland, Tennessee. I met a pastor up there, shared the gospel with me, went to a detox facility and wound up in Teen Challenge. That's why I'm going to Teen Challenges across America because it was in a Teen Challenge program in 2009. The night before I was leaving the program, I, I ended up, I had felony drug charges and several other things that I was facing um, and I was running from all those while I was homeless. And, um, and when I wound up in the program, I ended up becoming court mandated into the program but I didn't care, I was leaving the center. I had been there about a month and I just hated it. I hated all the Jesus stuff. I hated the music, I hated the preachers, I hated everyone. I was so tormented, guys. I, I just, I, I hated everything about whatever they were saying to me. I didn't wanna hear it and I was leaving. And the night before I left, there was a, an intern in the program that came up to me and he began to prophesy over me. And he put his finger in my face when he prophesied. 
And uh, I remember at first when he started to speak to me, I, I wanted to just like fight him because his hand was like, like so close in, into my face, but he was, he was trying to get my attention. And I remember just thinking like, I wish you would just get away. And, um, but he started to prophesy. He said, God's called you to be a leader, Andrew. And he began to just prophesy and declare that God was gonna do these amazing things through my life. And one by one, as he started declaring those things, the presence of God fell on me and I started weeping uncontrollably. How many of you guys have ever seen that when someone receives a prophetic word, they just are overwhelmed by the presence of God? Well, I had never seen that. I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. So I start getting just hit with waves of God's love and I look at him and I'm like, what are you doing to me? He's like, bro, it's not me, it's God. He loves you, bro, he loves you, bro. And he's just like prophesying over me. And anyways, you know, it was the love of Jesus that got me on my knees, literally. Waves of his presence came so strongly over me, I had no other choice but to bow my knee and surrender to the Lord. You know, in my whole life, my revelation of Jesus was that Jesus wanted to be my savior. But the reality is that Jesus did not come to just be our savior, but also to be our Lord. And the gospel that I was familiar with growing up was that if you pray a prayer, Jesus will be your savior and you don't have to go to hell. But the reality is that the gospel demands that we not only make Jesus our savior, but we put faith in him and make him our Lord, and we surrender everything to him. But the only way we can do that is by his grace and through an encounter with his love. It's a miracle that we can make Jesus the Lord of our lives. Do you guys agree? And that day I encountered just waves of his love and I surrendered, I bowed my knee to Jesus, literally got like this, just encountering his presence and surrender to the Lord. And that started the journey of what God has done in my life. And, and um, you know, we're, we're, we're traveling around and speaking and um, getting to see students filled with the Holy Spirit. Just the other night at a Teen Challenge in Chattanooga, uh, there was probably 10 or 12 that surrendered their life to Jesus. We're seeing miracles and signs and wonders happen in these, in these centers. And uh, some of these guys, I mean, just the other night I was in a Teen Challenge and there was one guy who came up and he'd been involved in, in uh, witchcraft. Uh, he was a pagan, he was summoning demons. And that morning he got out of detox. He had nearly died within 24 hours of a drug overdose, which is where I had been several times before. And he, that morning, got out of detox. The only program with an open door was the center I was speaking at that night. That guy's from the same little town or same town north side of Atlanta that I'm from. He showed up a few hours later, I show up and speak. And at the end, he got powerfully delivered of demons. We were praying for him. Uh, he experienced the peace of Jesus. Anyways, he surrendered his life to Jesus. You know, God is, God is moving. And that's just what I want to encourage you guys that right now, you know, there is a move of the Holy Spirit and God is use, using uh, the church to begin to see a shift in this next generation. And, um, you know, I read an article before I left. My mom put an article on the table. I'm actually staying with my parents right now because we're waiting to go to Israel. And uh, she put a newspaper article on the, the table. It said, it's projected this year 100,000 people will die of drug overdose in America. That's unprecedented. Never in the history of America has that many people died. In fact, it's surpassing most of the other common ways that people die. Drug overdoses are becoming more common. And I remember just sensing the wave of like God's love that morning as I read the article and just sensing God's heart for this next generation. 
And, um, and I just believe that there, there, there's a desperate need for America that we turn back to God and that we, we contend. And, and I think that one of the judgments of the Lord over the land because of abortion and other things, the immorality of the land is the overdose. It, it's, the, it's, it's just the lawlessness of our land. And, um, but I believe that Jesus has the answer. And um, that there's, there's going to be more and more coming out of that that are, that are going to begin to be lights into our nation. And if you have someone struggling, I felt like one of the words the Lord gave me was just to prophesy and declare to some of you guys, you have a loved one right now. They're, they're in addiction. They're maybe where I was 12 years ago. And maybe it's even right now, and that's you. Or maybe you're online and you're watching, and that's you. Maybe you could uh, chime in and just say something on the on the chat. But if that's you, would you mind just standing up? I, I don't want you to feel isolated anymore. I want you to just stand up right now if that's you. Amen. Amen. You know someone in your family. You got someone struggling. Wow. And uh, if you're online, if you guys would, if you're online too, don't stay isolated in it. I want you to post a comment, have someone that's on there maybe watching with you, you know, pray for each other online. And um, guys, it takes courage to stand up and to say someone in my family is dealing with this issue, honestly. And even in a church like this where there is a lot of grace and the Holy Spirit's welcome, it can still feel uh, I don't, it can still feel really hard, but I just felt like one of the reasons that I'm here this morning is, is to stand as a sign and a wonder to fill your hearts with faith that there's no situation too hard for God. Okay? And so that's just the word I release over you guys. I just prophesy Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill your hearts with love and joy and peace right now. And that each one of you, I just speak this over you, may each one of you abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just say right now to fear, I say right now to just any anxiety in your hearts or just any uh, place of even unforgiveness or hurt, I just pray right now hope would replace it in Jesus' name. And I, w I wanna just pray, uh, church, can we gather around the families that are struggling with that or dealing with it? Just, just put your hands out towards them or if you wanna lay hands on some of them, if, 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 if they're okay with that. Um, I'm believing that the Lord is, is, I believe even that this morning that the, the Lord says that there's a shift being released in the heavenlies over them. And that there's, there's no scheme of man that can change their minds, but only a divine encounter, only the sovereign hand of God can bring that transformation. And so let's pray for that right now. Come on, praying saints, let's just pray. Father, we just come to you right now for these family members, Lord, that are a part of this community that are struggling. And we just, we pray, God, the spirit of addiction and depression and uh, just any other things that are oppressing these people, God, that you would break it off in Jesus' name. Remove the blinders right now in Jesus' name. Father, loose your angels to go and minister to them wherever they are. Holy Spirit, bring conviction and the fear of the Lord wherever they are, even if they're in a drug house, even if they're trapped in a prison or whatever. We just say, God, release the fear of the Lord. Release your presence. Release your power, God. Release your love, God. Waves of your love. Waves of your presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want us to make a declaration today, right now, all together. Just repeat after me. Say, in the name of Jesus, I declare every captive of addiction represented in this room they will be set free they will be set on fire by the power of god 
and they will be used for the glory of God. Every scheme of the evil one is broken today. God, release your angels. Holy Spirit, fall on them and set them free for your glory, for your honor, for your gospel to go forth. And Lord, we come into agreement with heaven's plan over each one. It shall be done. Today, it shall be done. And we declare hope over these families. We command all fear. We command all anxiety. We command hopelessness to leave them and their whole families. Right now, dysfunction has to leave. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's celebrate right now. Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, freedom. Come on, no, let's just rejoice right now. Like the walls of Jericho coming down over these families. Come on. Hallelujah! Hey! Hey! God, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you guys just sense the presence of God right now? Just, yeah. I sense this the Holy Spirit. He is so pleased right now with you guys partnering with each other. Um, one of the things that came up also was as uh, Pastor David, you, you know, Pastor David, you carry such a shepherd's heart. And I know you say, man, I, I don't know, Jesus, you're the shepherd, but you, you really carry the DNA of a shepherd. And like even just to uh, you know, testify to you, I mean, I feel like as soon as we came in, just your sensitivity, your heart, it's so apparent that God has given you that heart. Uh, people feel that when they come around you. And so I, I just want to, yeah, I just want to declare like that you, you carry that in an evident way. I felt that. I go to a lot of places and I don't always feel that. And, you know, other people have other gifts or, or, or maybe other expressions, but you really do carry a father's heart. Maybe even more than a shepherd, you're a father. How many of you guys just bear witness to that? You're even older than Pastor David and you say, I feel like he's a father. Of my, how, come on, raise your hand if you just sense that. Yeah. So maybe that's it too. Maybe, maybe he says, you're, you're a shepherd, but really you're more a father. And I, I just sense you, you just carry that. As he was sharing, um, I feel like one of the things that he said that really stuck out to me was he said that now is not the time to remain offended. Um, and the, the, uh, recently I was, in a, uh, I was ministering at a Teen Challenge and um, there was such a, a heaviness there when I got up, I mean, it was like a wall of confusion, just, you know, and um, I'm very sensitive to the spiritual realm and the atmosphere that I'm in. I'm very attuned to what's going on. Like here, I just sense God's presence. I sense freedom. I sense like what you guys have stewarded here. I also sense other things when I'm in other places. And, and I was there and I just got hit with a wall of just confusion. And, and it was like a lot of oppression was coming against me. And uh, I, was, I was preaching, you know, and I was declaring God's faithfulness, and I'm preaching the gospel, you know, and still confusion. And, um, and it wasn't until the Lord just had me start leaning into forgiveness. I'm telling you guys, it was just walls. But as soon as some of these men and women started to forgive, those walls of this religious thing started falling. This other, this other oppression started going down and the Holy Spirit started moving throughout the room. And anyways, many of them were touched as we began to minister to them in forgiveness. 
And I just felt like uh, the Lord is just saying that some of you, even online, um, you, you, you need to take uh, the word that Pastor David was sharing and, and you need to allow the Lord to deal with you. And even in the past week, the Lord's been dealing with me specifically on little things that I took to heart and were holding. And what's interesting, in fact, one of the things that I was offended about, uh, the Lord had that person text me this week by, you know, by his grace and his generosity. I, I was like, you know, I'm just going to probably avoid that person for a while because they really let me down. They disappointed me. And um, in ministry, even it's, it's easy to get disappointed, you know, by each other. And um, they reached out and I felt the Lord was like, you need to be honest. And I, I told them, I said like, hey, like I felt, I felt very disappointed by what happened and this is how it made me feel and I forgive you, but like, you know. And anyways, we started a conversation about it and, and um, man, I felt just such a release when I released that over that person and it is such a baggage we can carry. And guys, this was not like a big thing, but I was carrying it, okay? And I feel like the Lord just said, when you were saying that, I feel like the Lord says, actually, this morning you need to let go of some stuff. And, um, and so if that's you, uh, I would like for you to just stand up as well. Maybe the Lord was convicting you and say, you know what, there's somebody that I need to release and I need to let go. Just go ahead and stand up right now. The Lord says this, there's a person, there's a situation that you've been holding on to. Amen. Amen. And there's no shame in this. I just said, hey, in the past few days, I had to do this. So there's no shame, right? I'm the one with the microphone. And if I'm going through this, I can guarantee you many of you guys are going through it as well. Um, okay. Well, I just want to pray with you guys. And uh, we're, we're just going to release some people right now. And uh, if you're watching online, again, I, I want to encourage you as well to pray with me and to pray out loud. Um, just a prayer, uh, a prayer of release. And so... Let me just pray for you guys. Lord, I just thank you that you, um, Jesus, you've been so merciful with us, Lord. Just in hidden things that we've done, even things that we thought we got away with, but Lord, you saw it, God. You've forgiven us for all of that, every little thing. And Lord, it's with the perspective of your forgiveness that we have the courage to release others that have hurt us. And I declare that this church will be free from the bait of Satan, which is offense. This church will not be divided. I declare that this church will not be consumed by this. And I just decree and declare any spirit of division, any spirit of offense has to leave in Jesus' name. I plead the blood of Jesus over this property, over the homes, God, over just the ministry at large, over the gathering. I just declare that divisive spirit cannot uh, take root and take hold here. And I just declare the spirit of freedom and compassion and love and forgiveness will reign in the gathering place and, 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 and through this ministry that it will be present, uh, present and evident. And so thank you for that. Let's pray together right now. And if, if this is for you and maybe you're, you're feeling like you need to stand up, something's coming up for you, um, feel free. But I, but I just want to pray with those that are responding. So just pray with me. Just say, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. You've been so gracious, so patient, 
so kind. Help me to be the same. Today I choose to release and to forgive all debt. Everything that I feel like people owe me, all unforgiveness, all bitterness, all disappointment, I give it to you. You are the judge, not me. So judgment, I put down right now, and I release grace, I release forgiveness, I choose patience, I choose compassion, I choose to try to see from their perspective, and I just let go of disappointment. I bless them today, all those that have hurt me. I come out of agreement. Say it with me. I come out of agreement with the kingdom of darkness. I come out of agreement with all unforgiveness. And I want you to ask the Lord right now. And what I want you to do is when you hear the Lord, what he says, I want you to say it out loud and, and just declare it and say, I receive this from you, Father. But Lord, just say, in the place of unforgiveness and pain and bitterness, say, Father, what do you want to give me? Freedom, peace, love, joy. Say, Father, I receive that right now. Thank you, Lord. It's done. Amen. Amen. God is... God is so good. Oh, thank you, Lord. Well, I just, I definitely feel like there is, um, yeah, I feel like one of the things that the, the Lord really was highlighting for you guys as a, as a corporate body is that he, he wants to bring liberation from the bait of Satan, which is offense. Yep. And I feel like that it's, it's, it, 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 it has the ability to devour our families and our relationships, and um, even healthy communities can become painful when when things aren't let go because hurt people hurt people so it's it man it's like a ripple effect you know what i'm saying and when you start getting hurt and offended you start hurting and offending people and you start doing the very things you hated it when people did to you and um and so i just feel like the lord wants to bring more transparency here and i feel like one of the things that the lord is just saying um we are in the south and uh, i grew up in north carolina i was born here and um, man, there is a, there is a deceiving, um, and, and not, not just in the South, but there, there is a deception that comes with just kind of swallowing the pain and not saying anything and just pretending like you're moving on. Um, and there's something so awesome in the kingdom about honest conversations. 
And man, I married a New Englander. And let's just say, like, I just want to be honest, they love honest conversations. And that was new for me. But I've learned a lot from my wife, who likes to have honest conversations with me all the time, um, in that moment and doesn't want to let me process and wait 24 hours to deal with it. But in that, I've actually learned the power of honest conversations. And just to continue to build on the word that I was sharing, I really feel like over this church specifically that the Lord is saying he he wants to empower some of you guys to start having more powerful conversations. You know where that begins? It begins with knowing your identity. Because when we don't know who we are, one of our greatest fears is rejection. Because if we don't know who we are, then our Our worth and value is not dictated by the word of God and what he says about us. It's dictated by others' perception of us. So what can happen is we will become fearful of honest conversations because what if I receive rejection? If we don't really walk in our identity, rejection actually causes us to feel less valuable. So we will avoid them at all costs. I feel like the Lord just wants to empower some of you to start to be more honest and real with each other. And I just feel like the Lord is just encouraging you guys as, as a corporate body to learn that and to, to practice that. And um, there's people that are on my team that don't do it very well. And I'm pastoring them and helping them learn how to do it. And they make messes sometimes. And so this word might even create some messes for you, you guys um, in a good way. Uh, because I, I, when you first start doing it, sometimes you just blow up on the person. You're like, where did that come from? You know, and then you have to go back and apologize to them. And you know, whatever. Um, but but I, the Lord wants you to begin to just start to, to share with each other and, and to do it in, in compassion and love. Does that make sense? Yeah. So can I just pray, just pray that over you guys? Lord, I just pray, God, that, that um, this would be a place of healthy conversations, loving conversations. And um, there's, there are some things that, Holy Spirit, you're poking at right now that are really specific in this room and online. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now, poking at our lives and telling us people we need to call this week. Maybe even around Thanksgiving, we need to pull someone aside at our family dinner and take them outside and just talk to them about something that we need to talk to them about. And so, Father, I pray just divine courage to have real, authentic relationships. Thank you, Jesus, that you, uh, you did that really, really well. <laughs> And uh, you were not afraid to, to be very upfront with your disciples, and you, you wanted that from them as well. And so, Lord, I pray that you teach us to be more like Jesus in these conversations. So, Father, I just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a couple of uh, specific words I feel like the Lord, uh, Lord gave me, and, and these could um, be totally off, but I, I did have a few things that, that I, uh, I wanted to just kind of take a step of faith out on. Um, but one of the things that I saw was a woman with roses, specifically with a rose garden, loves to tend roses. Is, is there anyone here, you're like, man, that really sticks out, that's me. It's okay if not. Rose. Okay, I thought it could be that. Your name is Rose. Um, okay, so, well, the vision that I saw was a woman, and she was tending to roses, and, and, and uh, there's a rose garden. But the word that I had for that person um, was, I, I feel like that the Lord, uh, the Lord was just saying that there's a call to, um, to minister to women specifically, and I feel like there's a discipleship calling 
Um, and one of the things that the Lord was showing me around the flowers and the roses is that they come in different complexions and, and tones. And I, one of the thoughts that I had is that there may even be like a, a, a diversity that, that you will, your name is Rose, that Rose you will bring in uh, this discipleship and, and that there's different complexions and colors racially of, of people that you're going to bring together uh, around this. But, but specifically, I feel like the Lord was using the word discipleship and growth um, for women. Um, so does that, does that resonate with you, Rose, or does that confirm anything that you, you want to just share? Well, nations, so she was saying she had a, a word that there was a, a, the nations to her hands, bringing the nations. And yeah, I feel like the roses, um, I, I actually feel like the Lord wants me to encourage you to cultivate actual roses um, and, uh, and to, um, to get your hands dirty physically, but also spiritually with people. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like there's a, one of the things is I feel like there's even like a deliverance healing ministry that God's going to give you um, or he's already been using you in. But with the women, um, uh, I, you know, with roses, I think of pruning. Um, I think of cultivating the dirt. I think of getting our hands dirty. It's a kind of a dirty job. So I feel like the Lord is calling you into kind of a, uh, the dirty mess of discipleship, but also some inner healing and deliverance and breakthrough for women of very diverse things. And I love that you're from Africa. What country are you from? Okay, from Kenya. Awesome. We, we love Kenya. My, my family's been to Kenya several times. Um, can we pray for Rose? Father, we just, yeah, you want to share something else? Sure. Yeah, wow, wow, wow. So she's just said that she's already in deliverance ministry, and that's what the Lord's been calling her to. One of the things that I feel like the Lord really wants me to, to um, sort of like a warning for you, is flowers are very, very delicate. And I feel like the Lord says that you, uh, one of the things he's going to harness in your deliverance ministry is the delicate touch of a gardener. And be, because the petals will fall easily, the beauty of, of, of the whole, per, right, why do roses exist for beauty? Um, and so I feel like the Lord, he just says in this season, he's going to harness the power that you carry uh, and to not feel like that that is his, his hindrance, but it's a harness. And I see the Lord actually um, 
showing you how to tend and care and bring freedom, but doing it in a way that there's, there's not so much turbulence that the flowers are falling apart. Uh, does that make sense? And so I just feel like that that's that season that you're in and that's what you're growing in as well. So let's just stretch out our hands right now to Rose. Father, we just thank you that she is one who is willing to get her hands dirty and that she's, um, yeah, she's totally committed and yielded uh, to whatever you want to do. And we, we just bless and come into agreement specifically over women that there's a wave of deliverance and freedom and breakthrough uh, coming through her. And I, um, I feel like one of the words that the Lord was showing me, I feel like that you are going to raise up other like master gardeners. So I see beyond you, I see behind, behind you a list, uh, a, a group of other women that are like almost behind you in both directions. And I feel like the Lord is just saying that, 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 that he's, he's going to harness you, but he's also going to multiply you. And that you, he's going to train you in this gardening, this cultivation and getting your hands dirty, but also he's going to multiply and there's going to be even women that come and they're going to be trained under you. And so, Lord, we just say yes and amen, God, to all that you want to do through Rose. Do you guys agree with this? Yeah? Amen? Awesome. Praise, let's praise the Lord right now. Wow. Amen. Amen. Um, there's a, is there a Terry here? A Terry? Great. Um, so one of the things that I saw for a Terry was uh, blankets, weaving, sewing, um, and what I saw was these becoming blankets of healing and peace over people. And um, similar to what I, I saw for Rose, I feel like that there's a, there's a gift in your hands that you carry and an intentionality that you carry and a creativity that you carry. And um, alongside of sort of what uh, Pastor David is seeing, these house groups and discipleship beginning to break out in this region, I feel like the Lord says, Terry, that there is a, um, there's a, there's a gift that you carry naturally in creativity, in creativity that you're going to use as a mechanism for discipleship, and that, that you're going to pass that on to people, but also at the same time, you're going to transform their lives. And uh, one of the things the Lord has been showing me, we're, we're renovating a house in the inner city right now over the past two months, and he reminded me of, of what's been happening, and this is for you. Um, but as we've been working in the house, I've been hiring people from this inner city neighborhood to come over. And guys that have been in and out of jail for years that I've known, I've been trying to share the gospel with them for years, would never listen. But a day working with me with a paintbrush, and they're telling me all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm sharing the gospel with them. Like their hearts are open because their guard is down because we're doing something together as opposed to just getting preached at by an evangelist, which is what I do at people, right? Um, but I just feel like, Terry, that there's, there's something that you carry that's going to bring the guard down that people have, and they're going to really receive discipleship. Does that speak to you? Yeah. What is the gift in your hands or the blankets? What was that? What did that represent? So, okay, so you actually do crocheting. Okay. You... This is crazy. So, Terry... Again, and I don't know any of you guys at all. I just showed up, and I didn't even get this word until worship was happening. But I, I, I wrote this down, and I can even show you guys. I mean, it's, it's kind of frozen in my, in my thing, um, my, my phone. But it, it just says blankets, weaving, sewing. And yeah, so that's a word of encouragement for you that I feel like this crocheting thing that you just got into, 
Um, it reminds me of my grandma. Like I still have granny's blankets. All of us have granny's blankets. She started crocheting probably around the same age that you are. And um, it's like a legacy for us. Like we all don't let anyone touch granny's blankets or whatever. You know, I think my mom actually has them now. But um, these blankets, they represent something of a legacy, but also warmth and grandma's love and all that. And so, um, yeah, I see the Lord using it specifically in your family. Yeah, there's a healing that needs to happen there. So I, I guess like what the Lord's showing me is that the methods that you've thought were going to bring the healing maybe not be the route, but actually the, the subtle things like crocheting or just connecting over something simple is actually going to op open up and bring the conversations as opposed to the very direct, I'm going to call you and we're going to talk. I feel the Lord says that there's a sneaky way that he wants to do it, and it's going to be through this, through this thing that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, so she just stood up for forgiveness and said that actually in her heart with her family, it's been, it's been tough. So yeah, today's the beginning of a road for you. And I mean, the Lord clearly marked you in my phone. I mean, I put Terry down. I very rarely will write names down. I would very, very rarely try to do names in front of a group this big. Um, but okay, yeah. So I, yeah, I just feel like the Lord is just saying, like, Terry, there's, there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's a thing coming for you. I also, a play on words, I thought of the word Terry as in prayer. And I feel like the Lord, another word for you, Terry, is to tarry in prayer. And that there's a, um, there's a tarrying in prayer that he, he wants to invite you into as an intercessor and as a prayer person. Um, I, I feel like the Lord wants to invite you into just a greater way of actually tarrying before the Lord. And when I think of tarry, I actually think of no music, no prayer, just waiting, tearing before the Lord. I don't think of contending or yelling. I think of just, I'm waiting. Come on, Lord. You know, but I feel like there's a waiting season that God has you in, but he's also inviting you in to teach you uh, just the waiting, uh, the waiting things of God. And if you think of the Quakers, their movement was birthed out of tearing before the Lord, and then the presence of God would fall. And so I feel like the Lord just says, as you tarry, expect his presence, expect his power, expect his healing, expect his deliverance. And so let's stretch out our hands towards Terry right now. Father, we just thank you for her. And we just ask God right now that you just um, bless her and her family. You've called her out this morning. You've just said, uh, Lord, that, that today is a day of breakthrough in her life and in her heart and in her family. And we just thank you, Lord, that things are not moving backwards, but they're moving forward for her and her family. We bless her hands. Would you just lift up your hands right now? Let's just bless those hands. Come on. Just pray right now, church. Bless them. Lord, we bless these hands, and we pray in the same way that the Apostle Paul, his clothes were cut up, and those pieces of clothes were used for healing. We bless those hands, and I just pray that cancer would be driven out of patience because of these blankets. I pray that, that uh, drug addicts would be set free because of these blankets. I pray psych wards, people in psych wards, that they would be delivered when they get the blankets. And I feel like the Lord says that these are supernatural blankets you're going to start to 
make. And I feel like there's going to be a high demand for them in institutions. There's going to be a high demand for them um, in, in ministry opportunities, even elderly uh, old folks' homes where there's dementia and confusion. I, I just like the Lord says, open up uh, your, your vision and your dream uh, begin to allow me to dream through you because I see these blankets going out. And, and again, the word that I had over, over the blankets was um, blankets of healing and peace. So I see calm coming to those that are, that are disturbed, and I see healing coming to those that need healing in their bodies. And so do you guys just agree with that over her hands that as she weaves them, that the anointing of Jesus is going to be on them? And we prophesy that, that there actually are going to be testimonies that come out of your, your, what you're doing. Of, and I just want to declare this. I feel like I see psych wards getting a hold of them just as a token for some patients. And I see people actually leaving the psych ward because of the presence of God on these blankets. So we just declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. The last uh, thing that I had was for grace. Is there a grace here? Grace. Gracia? Is there a gracia here? Okay, does that mean grace? Okay, then it's, that is for you. Um, you don't know Spanish? <laughs> yeah, so gracia, I, I just, I felt like I have a word for you, and I, I felt like the Lord, um, the scripture that he brought up for, for you very specifically was um, the, the scripture about selling everything to buy the, the field with the, with the treasure in it, and that treasure being the Lord Jesus himself that that it's worth giving up at all and i feel like the lord is calling you into a season of total abandonment um and i i just yeah the word that i had for you was was he's worth it and um he's worth it and to sell it all to go after that one thing and um i'm not saying sell your property but i'm just saying like i just like there's a place in your life that he's calling into that's like this every the pressure's pointing and you need to just surrender and say, I, I'm giving it all up and I'm going after this one thing and I'm going after Jesus. And I, I feel like, man, there is just, there is a treasure and there is a, something beautiful that you're going to find if you will be willing to trust him in that way. And it may be a, a financial trusting him or a whatever. I, I have no idea. Uh, but I do feel like that that scripture is just for you um, to to just trust him in every, in every way. And I feel like that you're in a unique place even to a lot of others here. God's not asking others to do this. I feel like for you specifically, there's something he's asking you to do that's sacrificial. And, um, but it's gonna bring glory to the Lord in this community Amen. as they see you walking in obedience. Amen. Yeah. Does that resonate with you or speak in anything specific? It's okay if it doesn't because maybe this is coming. Okay, how does that resonate with you? I even had an encounter with Jesus. He did come to speak to me and um, pretty much told me I do have a decision to make. Wow. But that the Father would, would support me either way because I've been obedient. Yeah. But um, there is a, uh, a potential run for office and it's a huge sacrifice and financial, uh, uh, everything. It's yeah. going into political. I'm in the political realm, but to actually put my name out there yeah. to do something like that, um, it's very difficult. Yeah. And so I've been struggling with it. And I came here to, to see if I could, you know, 
get an answer of what I should do. Yeah. Even though, he's, even though like he's already convicted me, but it's really, it's, it's, it's tough. So she's, she's been debating on running for a political office and she has been back and forth because it's going to be at a great personal expense for her to make, move forward in that. And she came, you came here specifically this morning for direction from the Lord about this. And so, come on, can we just give God praise for that? Just hearing her prayers. So, again, I am not saying specifically what to do. You know how to take that word. You know what that word means to you. I don't want to try to give you a major life direction this morning. But I do just want you to take that word and pray over it. And, um, of course, seek counsel. Go, go to your elders and leaders in your life and make sure that that resonates with everyone. But I really do see a, I really do see a Lord, the Lord just saying, uh, yeah, yeah, selling everything, just going, going after it. And so, um, but going after him specifically, and that, that could be this step of obedience for you. And so let's just pray for grace right now. Father, we just thank you for her. And we just ask, God, that, that she would have the courage she needs, you know, to move forward. And, um, God, that she would have the grace that she needs in this season. God, release provision, finances. I feel like the Lord says, actually, some of you in the church are going to sow into this. And that this is a sign and a wonder for some of you guys that are going to invest in this what she moves forward to. I think some of you guys as well are gonna are gonna invest. And so let the Lord even bring that to your bring that to your heart, maybe even a number of what you're gonna do um, to help. And so I just yeah, I just feel like this is a community word too. I feel like you guys I felt like you're you're gonna be a sign and a wonder for the whole community. When they see your courageous risk, there's others in the room that have been scared to pursue their dreams and they're gonna do it because they saw you do it. So I think some of you guys are actually going to get a breakthrough when she gets it. Because she's a forerunner breaking through, stepping out of fear and into that uncomfortable place. Yeah. Yeah. Is there another grace? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, just pray into the word too, you know, just see if it applies. And, and for any of you guys too that maybe have been struggling, um, you know, with something similar to that, I, I, I feel like this word could be for all of you guys. So I want to just pray over this. Lord, we just, we just come into agreement right now with what you're going to do in her life. And I, I just say yes and amen, God, to all the plans and all the purposes, God. And thank you, Lord, for just bringing clarity and conviction and breakthrough today. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in her life. As it, as it is in heaven, and God, I pray the release of finances. I just decree and declare the release of finances, God, the release of everything that's needed. Encourage for her to take a risk in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. I, those are the, the main things that I felt like the Lord was giving me. Thank you, Pastor David, for allowing me to just kind of step out and minister. This is, uh, this, this is rare that a pastor would allow me to do this. And this is very much where I flow and am more comfortable in, but it's very rare that churches are open to this. And so thank you for trusting me, uh, entrusting me this, this opportunity to be able to minister kind of more specifically to people because I know that that's a risk. You never know what somebody's going to do when they get the microphone. And so thanks for just entrusting that to me. I consider it an honor, you know, that, that you did that. And um, 
thank you guys so much. It, it, it is just a privilege, you know, to be here. And yeah, if you guys want to connect, we'll be, um, we have a little area over here with the book. And um, if you guys want to connect in any other way too, I'll be here for a little while. And so I'd love to connect with you guys and pray if anybody needs prayer for anything specifically. Amen.